0: Everybody ready? Yep. Let's go! Ahsoka! Four Midwest Guys presents Star Wars
1: Rebels HQ. Battles leave scores. Some you can't see. The Holocaust. I'm afraid it's changing. I will never let my friends get hurt again. Your anger gives you strength. Governor Price, these rebels have proven particularly stubborn. How do you intend to solve this problem? I need someone who sees a bigger picture. To defeat an enemy, you must know them. Not simply their battle tactics. But their history, philosophy... I must become more powerful.
0: <laughs> Split the treasure. Oh, that's a classic. One last glorious day in the Grand Army of the Republic.
1: Jedi am Sith, the light and the dark. They'll be the architects of their own destruction.
0: Hello everybody and welcome back to 4 Midwest Guys Presents Star Wars Rebels HQ. Tonight we'll be reviewing Season 3, Episode 16, Legacy of Mandalore. With me to do that tonight is my brother Aaron.
1: Hey, how's it going, man? How you doing tonight, man? I'm holding up. Good. You?
0: Yeah, can't complain. Ready to definitely talk some Rebels. Uh, Mr. Bauer can't be with us. I'm sure he's with us as a force ghost, though, tonight. And we wish him well. All right, so let's uh, move right into it. Uh, right off the bat, uh, there's a... Just that whole scene on the, I guess, the uh, the new Phantom 2 there, and uh, they're basically talking to Sabine's kind of hesitant about going home,
1: I guess. Well, she kind of has been for the last few episodes, and, and later on the episode, you kind of get more of a feel of to why of that, but... Right. Um, yeah, definitely is not you know in a rush to get there by any means.
0: Not by any stretch of the imagination. And, although Fen Rao, who's on board, is more confident that... In Sabine's family than she is he's like I know your family I know they don't want to serve the Empire blah blah
1: blah and it's not like he doesn't make a few good points that aren't kind of shown later on but at the same time I think he's viewing them more as like we're all Mandalorians this is not the place where we want to be we're not meant to be under the heels of an Empire sort of thing Mm -hmm. Um, it just doesn't like kind of mesh well with the more warrior culture they have Yeah,
0: I think, you know, she's, um, the fact that the Mandalords are even serving the Empire is kind of a, just from what we know about them so far, seems very foreign to me. It's definitely a,
1: it's a very interesting change for them, for uh, people that were very independent. Mm -hmm. Uh, So yeah, it it doesn't necessarily seem like it might be a long-lasting relationship, but... Yeah. Clearly this has only been like going on for like what 10 15 years.
0: Something like this basically about the same time shortly thereafter Revenge of the Sith. So yeah. yeah. So it would take probably somebody like Papple, you know, Palpatine to take him down, so yeah. or at least to miss him. So knowing how he twists and turns everything politically hmm. and not to mention actual yeah well yeah, i mean power.
1: pretty much anytime you see the Mandalorians, even ones that are kind of serving none of them seem super thrilled about it for a few exceptions right they're just like all right well we have to survive long enough to see this empire fall sort of thing and that means we temporarily have to work for them
0: and we're introduced to her home planet or perhaps her home planet i'm pretty sure she says it's her home planet but it's Cronest, I think, is how they pronounced it. It was. Oh, it's almost sound like Cronus, Cronos, with the crow's nest or something. Yeah, it's kind of a neat planet, though. It was uh, snow covered. Kind of reminded me of Starkiller Base from um,
1: uh, the Force Awakens. There are some similarities. I mean, you do definitely have like the forest vibe. You have kind of a winter feel to feel it. To it. Uh, so, like Pacific Northwest with more snow, or like upper canada yeah like
0: <laughs> vancouver area maybe oh no is.
1: vancouver's a lot sunnier Okay, uh, but you go inwards a bit like to like near toronto that's probably not too far off
0: yeah it, but you know i did have that thought though. i was like "Ooh, i wonder if this is the same planet that they build Starkiller base on <laughs> they're like yeah probably not but that, you know
1: i i would doubt it just because you kind of have an infinite number of planets to kind of choose from so you probably don't have to reuse planets too heavily if Unless like there's some symbolic meaning to having it used that way.
0: Well, you know me and, and my 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 fan theories. So I, I got my got yeah. me thinking. I was like, there's well, nothing wrong with
1: fan theories, man.
0: You know, if they were gonna build a weapon and they still had control of the Mandalorians by the time Force Awakens happens, and maybe they use Sabine's knowledge of weapons. I don't know. I don't. <laughs> you know, just all that. I don't stuff.
1: know if we look at like Episode Seven that there's any indication that Mandalorians no. still work for. Like, any Empire sort of thing by then.
0: Yeah, there's no clue whatsoever. I uh, I actually kind of went back and rewatched a little bit of it, just to be sure. Yeah, I mean, even by the
1: time you go to, like, A New Hope and Empire, like, there's nothing that even really suggests that. Otherwise, you wouldn't really need to have, like, uh, Boba Fett as, like, a bounty hunter. Like, you would just have him as, like, an Imperial soldier, right? Right,
0: but, you know, uh, Boba Fett, though, per canon, is actually not a Mandalorian. He just has Mandalorian armor. Oh, okay. So, that's kind of an interesting twist oh okay
1: so that is kind of interesting yeah so was that true for jenga fed as well
0: probably we're not sure okay um there's no as far as we know with jenga we're not sure what the clarification is on him but as far as boba fett is concerned through the clone wars i think it's clone wars yeah i that uh or no actually is it mentioned in one of the movies Even no It has somewhere it's mentioned where he's not, he's mentioned as not a true Mandalorian. All right. So, what does that
1: that mean exactly? Like, is that that he's just that they say genetically Mandalorian, but he's not raised within the culture or that he's just outcast from it, the society?
0: He's not, all they say is that he is not a true Mandalorian. And that's basically, well, that can be be interpreted in different ways, right? So, is it because he's a clone?
1: Like, that could be you know, something, like, Mandalorians say to, like, other clans that were, like, disgrace sort of thing.
0: Right. It, it could just be because he's a clone and they don't recognize him because, technically, he is a clone of Jango Fett. Yeah. so I mean, that could be a way to view that. That might be what it is. Yeah. But we're not sure. There's a lot of debate on, online about that. And I'm sure there, if anybody has some, any interest out there, please reach out to us on the new 4 com page and leave us a comment there about that if you know anything. Um or can expand upon that a little bit further for us out there, listeners. Um, so, she, anyway, but anyway, getting back to the story, um, she doesn't receive, a, she doesn't think she's going to get a warm reception. <laughs> well. And even Ezra's like, oh, wait, you're not kidding, are
1: you? <laughs> yeah. Well, one of the things I found yeah. funny about that is, like, there is actually a Mandalorian language, which yes. I was not aware was a thing up until this episode. <laughs> yeah. She actually speaks through, like, a little intercom system, like, alerting them that she's there to right. land. Right. And there's an actual language he speaks for that. Yeah. It's like, oh shit, have people been saying that like in the same way like Trekkies have had their own language for years sort of thing? Yeah, like-
0: and, and in fact, there's been a lot of people that would say there's far too many similarities to, at one point, how far they were going with Mando culture in the books. Mm. And that's where they developed the language. They, it almost makes them kind of like... they. In Star Trek with the Klingons, they did the same thing. They created Klingon. Yeah. You know, the actual language and and all that. Not that, you know, hey, if you speak... Well, Klingons were
1: also a warrior culture, though, so that's why that's why it's a funny comparison. Right, that's
0: why I think they kind of got away from it yeah, for a while, because they don't want to be, you know...
1: So, like, is it fully developed like the Klingon languages? As far as I know. I mean, there (laughs) might...
0: Obviously, there's, you know, English language evolves. I'm sure they have to
1: keep... Change it and adapt it. Adapt it, but still. That is still kind of funny that both... Groups actually did the very similar. Right, thing in that right. Yeah,
0: it's kind of especially
1: because, like, even in the original films, like the closest thing you really do have to Mandalorian is Boba Fett. Yes, and even
0: Mandal—that's
1: well, a pretty small character in the original film. Well,
0: really, when you get right down to it, right? I mean, Boba Fett is the whole reason they created the Mandalorian culture. So, yeah. even though he's not Mandalorian,
1: yeah. So it is know. the reason it got kind of put into the extended universe, or how right. ever that kind of evolved
0: precisely so
1: that that is kind of amusing but yeah um you essentially have a small troop kind of fly up Mm -hmm. and you kind of notice how fucking horrible they are at aiming with the rockets because like (laughs) it's just like throwing a couch like nothing's really it's just going forward and then it blows up so it really doesn't aim particularly well because like she avoids it just by taking left right down a little bit. Yeah,
0: if there's one thing, if there's one thing about the animation I don't really care for in Star Wars Rebels, it's their flying animation. It's a little bit slow at I don't times. know. The funny it thing is it looks like it anyway. It, like for it's the rockets it looks pretty
1: bad, but like there's a scene's earlier on this year like um where you pretty much had Ezra like flying with um Sabine like yeah. through like these little caverns and that actually looked really good.
0: Now that looked good, but I mean as far as like ships flying Oh, for some okay. reason, like their maneuvers, it's kind of like Han Solo and A New Hope when he they first get on the Millennium Falcon and they're like, look, there's two Star Troyers coming for us. It's all right. I know a few maneuvers and it's just the Falcon slowly lift, <laughs> you know, just kind of going off to the right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's a maneuver. Okay. Um, but Turning I mean, right. they, didn't have, they didn't have the technology to do it, obviously, yeah. but at the time. But still, it's, it's kind of like that. So if there's one thing I have to be critical about their animation, it is their... Their, uh, some of their space battle scenes it, you can kind of see it, it almost looks like the ship is moving in slow motion at yeah. times well I mean
1: that makes sense for some of the bigger ships like the destroyers and such mm-hmm. but like, for the small ones that actually are meant to be more maneuverable and you know acrobatic that yeah. doesn't necessarily I seem know, like it, it works for it as well the only time they
0: really did really good animation I thought with any kind of ship was when they did the B-Wing episode last season
1: oh okay, it that was meant... the uh, Hera one right? yeah, where yeah. she
0: got hold of the B-Wing and I thought that was pretty good for the yeah,
1: and stuff, yeah right? that one actually wasn't bad.
0: Yeah. So, but other than that, yeah, they, they kind of, I don't know if they cheapen up on the animation and are only really using so many stills or something, mm. or the repeating stills. It just looks weird.
1: Either but that or they're just like, eh, this isn't really going to do as well as in the kids' show anyway. It's not going to be a focus. We got lightsaber battles to animate. Right, exactly. And uh, admittedly, the lightsaber battles are pretty damn cool, uh, the, so.
0: Yeah, I really like... Like,
1: if you got a, like... Perk the budget for it. I kind of get
0: it. And, and some people don't like the lightsabers in the series. I like them because they're they seem more like uh, from a new hope because they're actually very uh, thin mm-hmm. looking, and where in the movies they kind of have like that big, huge feel
1: to it. Really, I never got that. Oh, yeah. The films. If you
0: look, if you watch Rebels next time you watch Rebels, and they ignite a lightsaber, look compared to what it is in the movies, and it's actually very narrow. Mm-hmm. Blade, well, for dip- certain
1: in- lightsabers, you definitely see it for uh, canons, you for example, mm-hmm. it's very rapier like. Yes. Uh whereas the Darksaber is much more katana like and right. you have Vader's, which is actually kinda of closer to Katana as well. Yeah. Uh, but it, I think that's somewhat intentional.
0: If if you look at Ezra's, even Ezra's blade is the same way. Ezra and Kanan's blades are very, very fine.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh um, I always assumed that was just the style of the lightsaber itself, mm-hmm. more so than like the actual animation of well, the
0: lightsaber though. Even when I, uh I thought um uh What's it called? Vader's was uh, was really small, like, thin compared to the what you see
1: in the movies. I mean, maybe slightly, but it, it definitely does seem like a thicker, like, lightsaber than you yeah. have for, like, both Ezra and Kanan.
0: But every, I don't know, it seems like every trilogy... And it's hard it's to say with Ahsoka
1: it. because she has, like, the two little... She like does blades. like she
0: does the side blade thing, which makes it look like katana's, mm. but in reality they're not. So yeah, um, um,
1: it'd be more like the short katana thing, right? kind of. Yeah, I can't remember the name. They're of actually
0: it. long, but yeah, but it, they're longer than mm. the, than the the, uh, um, the short katana. I can't remember the name of it either. No. Yeah, um, but yeah, uh, so but it seems like every. I, I mean, it's
1: just like we also saw Maul's like saber this uh, season as well, and that one doesn't look noticeably that much shorter or like thinner. Than I, to me, they're thinner. The
0: they all look thinner to me, and they look more refined, like right. like they were in the original trilogy. Um, then the prequels, they they kind of made them look bigger, and then mm. Force Awakens. Not only do they make them look bigger, but they turned up the base. Like, when they ignite the lightsaber in Force Awakens, you hear that okay. son of a bitch. Yeah. A little
1: bit, but I think yeah. part of that is especially once you get to, like, Kylo Ren, where it's definitely going for more of a European sword-like Yeah, Kylo, like feel, where it's going to be, a, like, a longer broadsword.
0: Kylo's makes sense, though, because he's using a cracked uh, kyber crystal.
1: Yeah, which is also why it, like, has that like almost electrical spark, spark thing. Like
0: fire, it's almost like a fire sword, hmm. um, getting back to the old D&D days. But, um, yeah, but... Like when they ignite Anakin's old lightsaber in Force Awakens, they put some serious bass on it. I mean, yeah. you can hear it's, like you, know, it's yeah. like, you know, that was the big effect. But now that we Yeah, we've, well, I
1: think even by the time you get the prequels, like they were kind of amping up the special effects because they had the
0: ability to. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. so but now that we've gone through the history of lightsabers. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, not a very in depth history, just us <laughs> kind of comparing S- them.
0: Slight overview for you. Um,. So let's talk about. Uh, so, yeah, she doesn't receive the greatest reception in the world. She didn't think she would, and they pretty much shoot her down. Yeah.
1: Which is. Kind of force her to land. Cause it, yeah. Pretty much they are right on top of the ship because the actual rockets don't work. Yeah. Uh, so they actually, I guess, just blast straight into the engine with. Kind yeah. of a precision strike.
0: Yeah, very precision, and it was very quick, and they knew exactly where to hit the ship. So that shows you, I guess, their yeah, technical expertise, if well, It's
1: almost interesting because you're like, oh, I guess you can do that that way. Like <laughs> I'm just used to like ships blowing up in space like where oxygen doesn't exist uh, or exists in such small quantities it really shouldn't be flammable. That's uh, why it's fantasy. Yeah. <laughs> but this it was just like, oh, yeah, just shoot out the tires done land take him <laughs> hostage right it was like oh shit that's an option we can do that more often <laughs> it's weird that doesn't happen actually
0: <laughs> and we also find out though that sabine has a brother we should kind yeah. of mentioned him last episode but now we finally made him his name is tristan which i don't know if that's a very mandalorian name i i, I when I think of Tristan, I don't think of very manly men.
1: Um, you think of someone selling sunglasses,
0: something like that, you know? Yeah, I, Tristan just doesn't ring. Uh, it's doesn't... a
1: very kind of posh white name, yeah.
0: yeah. And he's not white at all. I mean, they're you know he's got the tan look kind of like Sabine does. So yeah, yeah. So, uh, uh, I don't
1: know. It's just in terms of name, like that's what comes to mind. It's yeah, a, it doesn't kind of...
0: ring warrior to me. Yeah, it's you know? very
1: just. Upper classy sort of like... This is Tristan. Yeah.
0: Hello, Tristan. Um, Yeah. But anyway, so we meet Tristan. He apparently now serves the Empire. Yeah, so he, he serves plot-
1: under the guy that's technically running the Mandalorian planets who serves the, the Empire.
0: The Gar, Gar Saxon.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Who we've seen in past episodes. Yeah, I think
1: we saw him in the episode where um, Sabine was taken hostage. Or, um, not Sabine, but... Um, Ezra. Ezra. Yep.
0: Yeah. Back on the the protectors world. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Concord Dawn. Um so yeah, so he's apparently he serves the Empire and basically he tells Sabine you just shouldn't have come back. You know? Yeah. Well, so obviously I mean, some serious
1: resentment goes. It's on funny here. because that's more or less every member of her family she meets here is like, Why did you come back? Like you were safe. You were you were good. Like no one was hunting you, no one was trying to mess with you. now we're here and now we have to deal with
0: you. So Eventually, he's escorted to... Uh, we finally meet Sabine's mother. Apparently, her mother's name is Ursa Ren, And this is where the point where I say... Okay, so my fan theory about her being related to Sabine may not be so true now. Um,
1: Even though it's already hinting at who is Sabine's father.
0: Right. Um, like, and it,
1: it didn't take an episode to get to that point. Okay, so... Like, I, as I, soon as we solved like, who is Sabine's mother, it's like... But there other parts of the genetics. So...
0: Yeah, and I'm not totally letting go of it 100, percent but yeah, this pretty much knocks it down to like five percent possibility. I was like, <laughs> like there's way, a small chance you're adopted.
1: High. Small chance you're adopted, and that still counts.
0: Yes, so I'm holding on to hope. Um, but yeah, about her being possibly Kenobi's descendant now, probably mm-hmm. not. Um, there, I think a lot know. of
1: fans really want Kenobi to have a descendant. Like, cause well, you yeah. hear that in the Ray storyline too for Episode Seven. It's like, that's a possibility. Well, that,
0: that was part of my my theory is that sabine was uh kenobi's descendant and therefore was ray's mother you know oh really that was the fan theory i was going with oh
1: okay in my head i don't know like it it seems like it's pushing it like
0: which i thought would have been really cool because we would have gotten her whole backstory without even knowing who she was yeah you know everybody's like well who's her parents well we just felt we've been watching her the whole time we just didn't realize it you know Mm. One of those kind of things is what I was hoping for. I'm still hoping for it. Yeah. But, hey, it's fan theory. It's speculation. It's fun to do, but in reality, nine times out of ten, we're wrong. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, I'll eat a little crow here and say, yeah, I was wrong. So, yeah. But it's fun it to happens, do. It happens, man. So, uh, we find out, though, that Ursa Wren is the current leader of the Clan Wren. She's a countess. She's described yeah. as Countess uh, Ursa Wren. And it's uh, obviously a very icy reception from her mother
1: yeah an icy reception on a somewhat icy planet
0: planet yeah uh very um in fact she was gonna put her in handcuffs and have her put on trial immediately until she pulled out the dark saber
1: yeah pretty much just like oh well i guess that's cool of you to bring all right fine we won't put you on trial
0: yeah it kind of gets her an audience anyway it's like yeah all right well come with me then you know because she's shocked to see it obviously
1: yeah there's a certain well i guess that's an important artifact but even that only gets her so much because it's like a scene later her mom's just like you know other people are going to like fight you for it did you take that from all because otherwise it doesn't count yeah which is actually kind of a cool little like component to that like that whole warrior
0: culture coming back into play
1: yeah it's just like you realize like if you just steal it we're not like a culture of thieves. Like, even if you find it or take it or whatever, you actually have to battle for it. Like, otherwise it doesn't really count as a trophy.
0: You know, I'll be honest, the more we learn about these, the Mandalorians, especially after this episode, to me, really had a very Game of Thrones feel to it at times. Just the way they keep talking about the houses and the clans, and it actually and, to me
1: seems like it borrowed really heavy from like old like samurai culture, like, that sort too. of things. Yeah, which don't I'm wrong, you definitely have that already. like with kind of the eastern mysticism and like mm-hmm. kind of Vader's armor very directly. Oh well, yeah, the very helmet clearly, especially. Uh, yeah. very Shoga. samurai inspired, You're but. Right. But yeah, with this, like, you're taking like a lot of the same things. Even if you look at like kind of the building architecture style, there are some similarities you can kind of go to. Yeah. I mean, later on the episode, they have more or less what's a training dojo room, which makes sense for a warrior culture. Right. But it's set up directly like, like old like Japanese houses that kind like, of yeah, they're, like dojo sort of. Code,
0: yeah, has its own dojo in the house. Yeah. 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 Kind of Karate Kid. Yeah, a little bit. Talk to drum. Um. But yeah. Uh. It was I. I don't know, I, I liked... I, her mother just seems to be very obsessed with restoring her house yeah. to glory. Well, I know, mean... At, at You know, obviously, that while trying to save her family at the same time, but...
1: Yeah, there's a lot of responsibilities that are juggled and, like, prioritized, and it's a warrior culture, so you have to put up, like, a heavy front, and yeah, there's a lot of components to that that kind of make sense, so... Yeah. But yeah, it's not necessarily the most nurturing for a gentle personality.
0: <laughs> no, no, not even a little bit. Um, but you know, right from the get go, she's already throwing stuff at, at Sabine. You know, she's like, "The rebels are going to bring down our house." Mm. You know, why did you bring him here? Uh, you know, she she even goes on to say that the dark saber—that's not going to save you. That's just a symbol. Yeah. You know, even though Sabine's like, "Well, that's a, it was a symbol that once united all the clans, Mom." You know, duh. Yeah.
1: yeah. She's like, well. You didn't earn that symbol, so you know people are going to challenge you for it.
0: Can you even wield that thing? Yeah, she's chastising her the whole time. That's after they, after the main meeting. But yeah, yeah. um, then we learned that uh, because of Sabine's creation of Empire weapons, it's apparently brought shame upon their house. People think that she's a traitor. Not just her family, but apparently all of Mandalore. Where other houses in Mandalorian culture look at upon her as a traitor. traitor,
1: which is weird because like they sent her to serve the Empire, right. and then she did what the Empire asked of her, right? So it, only it's,
0: to have that turned against them. Yeah, so uh, it, it doesn't on them. Whatever it was,
1: it seems like the like blame would be passed upwards a little bit, like yeah. just like well, you're the one that sent me to the Empire sort of thing. But it really, I guess, like, it's just uh, a shit-flows-down well, sort of well, thing. Well,
0: and that's, in, in a way, that kind of why it reminded me of Game of Thrones too, a little bit, because, mm. you know, the wheel is constantly turning. Yeah. You, know, you have,
1: like, that sort of, like, blame and politics uh-huh. thing. Yeah, I mean, so. you definitely see that with Saxon. You see that with Wren. And, yeah, it, I can see where you're coming from. There is that kind of... You're kind of politically dealing with like other, you know, opponents mm-hmm. like other in, houses. This, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah it's, I it's, definitely could see where that would go. Yeah.
0: You know, here's the here's House Targaryen. <laughs> and here's, you know. Apparently,
1: this is where Disney wants to set up like its next standalone live action film is just <laughs> the Mandalorian Empire. Yeah, it's funny you
0: say that. We'll get to that in a, later on in the. Podcast. Oh,
1: okay. I meant that more as a joke, but all right. <laughs>
0: But as a result of her shame and the shame that she's brought upon her house, which again goes back to how you were saying it was kind of like a Japanese culture, you know. Well, it definitely is taking. Shamed your family. You've shamed your house.
1: It's definitely taking things from like kind of the old like samurai concepts. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm not sure if it that translates to like Japanese culture as a whole, but it's definitely taking some things from like old samurai films.
0: Yep. And because of her her traitor uh, ism, her shame that. I guess you could just say House Wren has pretty much fallen on hard times.
1: Yeah. Uh, it clearly seems like it probably wasn't in the greatest shape even before she joined the Empire, but Right. Just because you clearly are like have like the entire Mandalorian, you know, culture kind of under the Empire at this point, with the exception of the Protectors that got killed off like several episodes ago. So you
0: got, you know, uh they've had to make some sacrifices, it sounds like. They've got uh her s- Tristan is now serving under Gar Saxon just mm. to try to mend fences, so to well, speak. Well, that and, and I mean... Try to it's keep one of the their things, stature somewhat. If
1: Saxon is technically like the governor of like the, the planet, then yeah, that's kind of how the hierarchy would roll there. Um, so that makes sense.
0: And it's funny you say that because they actually describe Gar Saxon... And this is important for those who are part of the legends uh, community out there. yet another thing they're bringing back from legends Gar Saxon is described as the hand of the emperor and ruler of Mandalore. Mm-hmm. So the thing about the the hand of and this is why it's it's kind of important the hand of the emperor if you go back to the um, to the the EU. To the books. the uh, Luke, Who eventually becomes Luke Skywalker's wife, who is called Mara Jade, mm. was originally the hand of the Emperor. Okay. Kind of a dark side user without being a Sith kind of thing going okay. on. And so was like an
1: untrained Sith sort of thing? Kind
0: of, yeah. And she was... That was her official title, though. Was she was the hand of the emperor, and she was charged with hunting down and assassinating Luke Skywalker. All
1: right. So, in this case, though, is hand of the emperor referring to a specific person or like specific individuals, like anyone that is working on the emperor's direct command?
0: In the book itself, it was just her. Okay. However, now that being said, I think it's important to bring that up because it may open the door to bring Mara Jade possibly into canon, and that's the only reason I'm. Mm. Making a big deal out of this, okay? Because she's a really she's a fan favorite. Lucas said she hated her, but she was always a fan favorite. Mm. Because Lucas didn't write the books, but George Lucas didn't write the books, but he didn't like the character. Yeah, but obviously, when they got rid of the EU, she went away.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, Disney's been taking a lot of things. It wants from it just to kind of simplify its own universe, sort of thing, which makes sense.
0: And it makes sense. And also, though, but one thing with Filoni seems to be doing, Dave Filoni, the creator of the show, seems to be doing he's throwing a lot of things back in the canon in Mm. one way. We've seen it with Thrawn, other things, ships,
1: creatures, things of that matter. You have essentially your pick of the best parts of the EU. Mm hmm. Why wouldn't you take some of the best things out of the EU and, like, reintroduce them to where it fits you?
0: Precisely. Like, last episode it was – or two episodes – Was it last? Yeah, last episode they – he brought up the jedi Mando War, which suddenly Mm. made that canon again. So here's yet another term Mm. that he's throwing back into the fray.
1: Well, yeah, and I mean if they're supervising this as well as they are for, like, the Marvel Cinematic Universes or even, like, the Netflix Universe for Marvel – I actually think they have an easier time with this because you have so much history. It gives you, like, actual things to kind of choose from. And in terms of, like, films, it's not as all over the place as the Marvel films are. Yeah. So it really does kind of give you more time to sort through it and kind of choose and pick how you want this to work. You know, yeah. And clearly, with the property, Disney has clear intentions of making this a very long-term series. Uh, yeah. Like, they will ride this till it dies. Pretty much,
0: yeah, the Star Wars, yeah, as a whole, yeah,
1: So making sure you kind of have that off to a good start under Disney makes a lot of sense, and kind of picking the highlights and the things that are useful and the things that are making the universe somewhat more concrete makes Mm -hmm. a lot of sense from Disney's point of view.
0: Oh, absolutely. So, So that's why I make such a big deal of this, you know, Hand of the Emperor. However, at least in this episode... They make the hand of the emperor almost sound like he is – would be the same as the equivalent as a governor in the empire.
1: It does sound very similar to that. Yeah. Like you're essentially just a position down from the emperor and you take direct orders. From right. Him.
0: You're not ruled by – you don't have an empire ruler but
1: – You don't have a senate to really deal with. with or you're just dealing with the emperor directly. Really he will f- give you orders. Right. Um, I guess that's kind of close to the daimyo system or, like, kind of the uh, shogunate system in some ways. Kind of, because in
0: this case it sounds like Gar Saxon is ruling on behalf of the emperor. Yeah, well, I mean, that's
1: kind of how it works. Like, you have an emperor and then you have, like, shoguns beneath him and um, yeah. that they're kind of working directly under the emperor. Remember. And they're, like, ruling territories for him. Right. Because it's such an expansive area. So
0: Yeah. So it's just, like, it's it may have been something... the the Papaltee created just to keep the Mandus from politically saying that they're not being ruled by the Empire necessarily. Mm. They're working for the Empire, but not
1: that, and I mean, ruled. it actually seems to make sense in some ways as well because you don't have the same kind of military system you have in place for a lot of the other plans, where you have direct Empire mm-hmm. like uh, army and like stormtroopers and such. So, actually, having them have some I, some concept of self governance actually might. Helps, you know, maintain peace while also still allowing a military presence.
0: Yeah, and we also find out in this episode, I think it was this episode, that that, uh, Mandalore is a collection of over a thousand planets. Is it really? In its system. So it's not just Mandalore itself. It's this planet that we're on now plus countless others mm. so it's a very large territory that they they rule yeah within the galaxy so okay. that, that's a pretty that i don't remember that, them bringing that up in this episode i think it was this episode or maybe i was doing some research for this episode but either way it's a very large territory and okay. so it's probably would be best looking at it from that perspective it Would be best for Teen to control it very loosely probably or let them to be think honest that that's probably true
1: for a lot of planets and areas as well yeah Uh, Like, having that sort of system set up for multiple planets makes sense because at some point you're just stretching your military too thin if you're trying to have, like, bases everywhere. Not only that. And, I mean, without, like, a droid program to kind of support your numbers, like, it's it's pretty hard to do, I'm sure.
0: And as this is still pre-Death Star uh, time period, it makes sense, too, because with – now, granted, once he had – if he had kept the Death Star running – then he probably could. He could have probably taken over everything just because people would be out of out of fear of getting their planet their planet yeah. blown to bits, you know, mm. by the Empire. You know, fear.
1: Well, so. yeah, but I mean, you already see a society that's, you know, in fear of, you know, the Empire. As well, weapons, just for yeah. their massive numbers of troops and weapons and so forth.
0: Right. So, I don't know. Let's see. So, again, so Sabine and Ursa, they do the... the we move on to the whole one-on-one session. Some of this we've already talked about, but... um, but we find out that Ursa had no choice to obviously serve Saxon. She doesn't really want to, but we also. Yeah,
1: it mentions that um Sabine's father is a prisoner in all but all,
0: name. All but name. So, yeah, he's being kept on Mandalore mm. from them, not allowed to leave Mandalore, I guess. Yeah.
1: And Which is funny because that also brings up the question of who Sabine's father is, right. and like that's going to be a whole other thing. Correct. Um and you also have, like, another thing that's brought up, like, near the end of the episode as well that's kind of in the same concept as that, because we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that towards the end, I guess. Uh, but it's weird because you even see Sabine more or less turn over the Darksaber to her mother in the scene, right? She does.
0: She does. It, it's almost as a uh, kind of, a like gift of uh, or a leap of faith, really, Well, it also, to her.
1: Going a little bit into the later bit of the episode, it doesn't seem like Sabine wants it still, even though she has trained to use it. um, Mm-hmm. She doesn't really view herself as being the future leader of Mandalore.
0: No, that kind of took me back by surprise. Yeah. Um, that she's kind of twisted it and turned it and said, "Well, I'll temporarily do it, almost like a she's taking on a, um, a Joan of Arc mm. of, Jonah Ark um, kind or Jonah. Did I say Jonah? Did I say right? Jonah of Arc? Jonah yeah. of Arc, yeah. yeah. You know, the ki- she's going to be King Maker. She's not going to be
1: the king, mm. but
0: she's going to crown who's who's going to lead. Kind of like
1: it. Almost just seems like she's setting herself up for like a temporary position more so than, like... Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I mean, I guess to jump forward, she is more or less saying, I'm not going to rule, but I'll find who rules. And you also have that question kind of Mm -hmm. pop up in this episode, too. So you have to... If this actually kind of, like, finishes up before, like, you know, uh, episode four, you kind of have to wonder, like, well, who's technically in charge of Mandalore for, like, the entire original, like, films?
0: Well, that's... It's uh, before... We, we know through the Clone Wars, until she's assassinated, it's Satine. Mm. But after that, we don't know what happens, really. Yeah. Other Once Maul takes over and that whole mm. then the Clone Wars end, we don't really know much about
1: what yeah. happens. At so, beginning. I mean, it's just so. one of those things, like, by the time you get to Episode 4, is it a situation where Mandalore is kind of united again? Or is it still fighting amongst itself throughout that entire time? Uh, it's a good question. It's a good question.
0: I think we're going to find... That one way or, or the other. We'll yeah, go, it definitely get seems get like dynamic. this is,
1: Like, this episode, like, in the first half, goes really slowly, and it kind of picks up pace. Yeah. But it definitely seems like it's setting up for, like, an entirely different arc, or for its own kind of standalone yep. kind of thing. That's.
0: We'll get to that in a second. Um, so, but let's get back to the
1: one-on-one scene just real quick. A couple of highlight points I wanted to talk
0: about. Um, we also find out, Sabine, because Sabine asked the question, why didn't you come back why didn't you ever come to look for me mm. and then that's when she you know she is ursa says well you were safe don't you understand when you ran away yeah
1: pretty much both her mother yeah. and her brother were just like no one was hunting for you like the mandalorians like weren't hunting for you the empire wasn't hunting for you mm-hmm. no one had shit, a reason to deal with you but now you're here and now we have to
0: <laughs> but yeah so it's kind of an interesting dynamics like by you running away believe it or not that's why I yeah, it's came almost, after yeah you, it's you know? kind of
1: funny because it almost like justifies her previous position of like with in the rebels of not wanting to go back yeah and it's like oh yeah she was right she was completely right before well, yeah. everyone talked her to coming back
0: from ursa's perspective yeah because it was this was the political answer yeah and her daughter was safe her family was safe except mm. for, you know somewhat safe yeah. You know, she and they wasn't still, being actively hunted in the right. same manner. She was always the thing that seems to be going on with Ursa is she's constantly trying to balance keeping her family safe and also trying to restore their family name at the same time. Yeah. Or,
1: um with well, that and you know, kind of upholding like Mandalorian tradition, honor mm-hmm. standards, things right. like that. Yeah, definitely juggling lots of priorities. <laughs> which <laughs> probably is why the strict demeanor is really fitting for the character.
0: Yeah, it is. And then next on you know, Sabine asks for her help, and that's when she gives her that dark saber. It's almost like, all right, I trust you. Here's my... Yeah. Here's my... Uh, Olive this Brand. is my bargaining chip. Right. Here, like, this is the thing
1: that's kind of keeping me safe somewhat, so, and I'm trusting it with you.
0: I'm trusting it with you, right. So, <clears throat> we, uh shows a little bit of faith, I guess. So, you're, you're first... Yeah. One. But... Whoa. Ursa does betray her, you know.
1: Kind of. I mean, she's negotiating for her daughter's survival. Correct. Kind of. So it's somewhat betrayal, at least for, you know, Kanan and Ezra. Mm-hmm. But it is trying to work things out to where Sabine can be kept there.
0: But, you know, the thing that that, that kills me, though, when she's talking to Sa- Gar Saxton in that whole video, and she's like... My daughter will be will be safe, correct? Oh, she'll be well. All of House Red will be well taken care of. I assure you. Yeah, I'm like, come on. Why wouldn't? How would you not know that he's coming to kill you? I mean, when you yeah, say something that's yeah, it's that definitely that one cynical, of those red flag sort of things. Yeah, it's like, it's like eh, eh, eh. <laughs> oh, you'll be well taken care of. I assure you. you know? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah.
1: It's <laughs> like that, that's not ominous at all. But all right. <laughs> the funny thing is, like, even when he gets there, though, he does seem kind of okay with the agreement at first. When, like, he doesn't seem like he goes in gun blazing, like, I'm going to kill everyone in this house. Like, he's just like, I won the Jedi and, well, her too. So. Kind of,
0: in that, but I think he always had the intention, he was coming to wipe them out. Oh, eventually, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't think. I think he knew that Sabine wasn't going to say yes to this. Well, that, you know? and I think
1: it was also kind of, it seems like it's one of those things like the Wrens were kind of there temporarily. Mm-hmm. Like they're there because they have to, they have a member of their household kind of imprisoned. Yeah, and like eventually that bargaining chip wasn't going to hold forever.
0: Well, it's like he's always got he's he's got his own plans and his own agenda, so he's he's systematically taking out any of all of his rivals while he's being the hand of the emperor. Yeah. He took out the Protectors of Concord Don, mm. all except for Fenral.
1: Yeah, like he's still trying to bring his clan up yes. while still working with the Empire. Right. Because it kinda you I think we talked about this in the episode with the Protectors, where they get wiped out where he more or less joined the Empire for additional power because his clan didn't really stand up to the others on its own. Right. That's so it's kind of, it. it's uh, two, you know, birds right. for one stone sort of thing. The very for Game of Thrones again, once
0: yeah. again. Um, but yeah, it, uh, so, you know, it's, it's just, she's always making deals with the devil, it seems like, just to keep things status quo. It, it you know? is
1: that political concept, yeah. yeah. It's interesting to kind of see that in this show, though, especially because for a 20-minute show, you really don't have a whole lot of time to get into, like, the, you know, minutia of, like, the political deceit. And Mm -hmm. also, it is still kind of on a kid's show channel, so...
0: Right, They, they can't be real graphic about it, but you can definitely, you can kind of see how, you know... I don't know what the word would be. You can see how dramatic it is, or how dark it is. Really, you know, mm. that the darkness can. they still. They found a way in rebels to portray. They can go dark without being graphic.
1: Yeah, is it what you know? Well, they're dark in tone, right? At times, precise. You
0: know. So, um, and
1: that doesn't always require you know graphic violence or sexuality. It just right. It needs to convey the feeling and emotion of it,
0: and it does. They do a pretty good job of that most of the time. Um, so Ursa reveals her plan to the Jedi and turns on them. <laughs> uh, Sabine, Who no longer
1: have their lightsabers because they gave it up earlier in the episode. Right. And when,
0: luckily, Rao has been sneaking around. Yeah, the we haven't really
1: mentioned that too much, but he stayed yeah. back at the ship and. Right. He's hiding all the time. Yeah.
0: Way. Um,. I kind of the sparring session again. That was kind of cool between her and her brother. Kind well, of. Well, it's
1: interesting because it kind of shows he's also in on it because it's clearly a distraction play. Right. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was an okay kind of like sparring session sort of thing. I don't think it'd be the highlight of the episode, or no,
0: anything. it's not the highlight of the episode. But I think it also shows that he's a pretty skilled warrior if he was able. He because he takes her down. Yeah. I mean, which like is, he sweeps her legs. Right. And considering all the training she's had recently hmm. i think that's kind of a feat for for him oh, yeah. you know so
1: but it's also kind of shows that how much sabine relies like on the little toolkit like thing in her uh yeah wrist pad mm-hmm. because later on in the episode when she is having the larger duel she relies on it very heavily for the small shield to yeah. the small little dart thing like,
0: R- right yeah, yeah the flamethrower even yeah. chooses that too which is cool yeah Um, Like,
1: she's useful at multitasking a lot of things and bringing them together. So it could also just be kind of a difference in fighting style where the one local weapon isn't really kind of her speed since she's used to relying on so many different things. True.
0: But then we find that, uh, you know, Tristan just kind of reinforces during their sparring session his resentment of her Hmm. for having to serve Gar Saxon all these years because, you know, she's – because of her – yeah, because he and,
1: has to bring up his family name as well. Right, he doesn't. Yeah, it definitely really shows see- kind of the burden of the culture. Yes. in a lot of ways,
0: very much. He doesn't see her. She. He doesn't see her as a traitor, but he blames her for causing the problem. Yeah, nonetheless. So, which is kind of screwed up in its own way. But
1: well, I, I yeah, mean, it's it's a kind of a twisted mentality of it a little bit, but mm-hmm. it's uh, you know resentment. And, you know, sometimes those sort of emotions kind of come out in negative ways. So. Yeah.
0: And then one of the the scenes that where Ursa making her deal with the devil literally gives Sabine symbol of faith, <laughs> and hands it right Saxon. to Saxon. Yeah, and it's like, are you kidding me? I'm like, wow, okay.
1: Who then for is actually an additional thing if he actually was able to keep it after this episode because like wipes out House Ren, who used to be an enemy, mm-hmm. even though they were kind of serving under him, and now he actually has the symbol that you know united Mandalore. Right, and honestly, if he wanted to like lie off his ass off and just be I, deceitful he'd be I like, I took her. it for Maul yeah. Oh, yeah, right. like no one's seen Maul in years no one would believe, or, would doubt that or he
0: could just say he killed Sabine who had it yeah. you know, and even if they shot her you know, he'd be yeah. like, oh well, I did that
1: yeah, because yeah. well, clearly multitasking is completely fine in the Mandalorian culture <laughs> <laughs> like you have, you know guns, you have nets, you have it, rocket packs well, like, uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's essentially sh- arena
0: fighting yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: It's, it's whatever weapon you have at your disposal, yeah that counts right Strongest
0: survive. Yes, yeah. that's, that's the rule,
1: right? It doesn't matter what you kill them with, as long as you kill them,
0: right? So she gives it to Saxon, of course. Then Saxon, that's like, well, then House Redden must be destroyed for because you guys have been conspiring with rebels. So mm. obviously we have to. And then the the fight. Yeah, he gives it almost cool.
1: like a political justification for it, which very is kind so of right. funny. Yeah,
0: he's like, oh well, you're obviously conspiring with rebels, so I'm gonna have to kill you, yeah. um, wipe you out. Yeah. <laughs> Gives Tristan the choice. Tristan obviously chooses his family,
1: but... Yeah. You have but, that kind of thing where, like, the gun's pointed to bean and then it's, like, slowly turns, turns around, around for extra dramatic effect, and... Right. I don't know. He's not, like, a bad scene. I'm just not sure if it's a necessary one at the same time. Well,
0: it's kind of like, um... Uh, when he... When, right before Ezra throws... Sabine, him, her lightsaber. Why not just shoot Gar Saxon? Yeah, <laughs> but for dramatic effect, they yeah. throw the saber instead. You know, mm. so you know. For the,
1: the, the by role. the time we get to the fight scene, though, it is actually interesting how the culture is pretty much like, no, they're dueling. We're all going to stay out of it, and that's for both sides.
0: And it's a good point. It's it makes because Kanan throws that right back in her face when she says, "No, you can't interfere." And she's like, "Oh, is that is that worth your daughter's life?" Yeah. It's literally he's all this stuff that she's been trying to do to save her family politically, all this tradition, all mm. these rules, trying to stay within it, and he puts it right on her. And he's like, well, are you going to... And
1: clearly, she's like, yeah, it is, because she didn't interfere up until the end. Well,
0: but she did. At the end, she finally broke with tradition. Well, finally. yeah,
1: but that's because Sabine pretty much just didn't kill the dude. And right. He was going gonna to gonna shoot
0: her in the back, but still.
1: At that yeah. point, it was kind of the duel was kind of done. So it
0: was done, but still, it was symbolic somewhat. Mm. She she upheld culture, I guess, a little bit, but it was her daughter was more important than the duel. Mm. However, getting back to the duel, I thought the duel, like we've been talking about, is pretty damn cool. Oh yeah, it's definitely know. the episode highlight. Like oh, up yeah. until
1: this point, it's actually been a pretty slow paced episode.
0: Well, it's all about her family and her drama, family drama. Yeah, up to this point. Yeah, it's
1: definitely a lot of more of the political aspects of it up in this point, and it's serving as, like, introduction for the characters, so it's understandably slow, Mm -hmm. because you are introducing backstory and characters and, like, more of the cultural aspects, and, like, you kind of have to slow it down a little bit for it.
0: Yeah, but, I mean, the way that uh, she uses, like like I said, she used the flamethrower, which was cool. Mm. We haven't seen that, I don't think, since episode two. Uh, when Django used it on uh, Obi Wan Kenobi,
1: yeah, I don't remember the last time we saw that. I
0: think that was the last time we've seen the the actual flamethrower used. Yeah, uh, but it was uh, so it was pretty cool. You yeah, know, it was yeah. Uh, it was very reminiscent of uh, the same uh, scene in Clone Wars when um, when Maul duelled with uh, Previsla, mm-hmm. who originally had the dark back in the Clone Wars. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was yeah. a very
1: interesting fight scene because so many dynamic elements came out. Like, mm-hmm. it wasn't just the lightsaber thing. Yeah. You have dealing with, like, the rocket, mm-hmm. like, pack, or the uh, jet pack. The jet
0: pack, which she neutralized him eventually. She, yeah. he, Hers got in uh, damaged right away as soon as they mm-hmm. went out the window.
1: Yeah, like, so his aerial advantage got taken down. She made good use of that little shield thing that's on her uh, wrist. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like there's a lot of like elements for like the fight scene that you don't really get to see in a lot of the main just Jedi versus Jedi ones. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it really added like kind of an interesting dynamic, and it maintained like a pretty good speed throughout the entire it, fight.
0: It did. It really, uh, it, you know, it, I I love the one. I love the duel in the Clone Wars, and I love this one too. Um, I like the idea of how the ice was cracking underneath their feet for extra dramatic effect. Oh, yeah, it, it was.
1: Um, Actually, I was kind of amazed it didn't actually, like, just crack all the way because it seemed like it was leading up to it that It was point. heading
0: that way, yeah, and then it stopped short of it. But um, I think the best part about the whole duel for me, though, is when she had she defeats him and she does the whole lightsabers right across his head. Mm. That's intentional throwback to Anakin Skywalker Episode 3 mm. with Count Dooku and the, the duel at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Where, you know and I, I when as soon as i see that I saw that is my, in my mind i start start saying do it do it <laughs> you know the, <laughs> the emperor telling anakin do it yeah. do it you know so but unlike anakin she makes the the, the choice not to kill where anakin yeah, does do it
1: well you it, know? as much as she wanted to like get the lightsaber back and fight for family it's not really an emotional fight for her by any means
0: it's not an emotional fight but it is a it's a um I think it's, it's a necessary one given the circumstances. It's a necessary one, but it's also kind of a—I don't even want to say coming of age, but rite of passage, maybe, sort of that she can, that she is worthy of the saber mm, per maybe. se. Um, and but that—that's a pivotal. That—that's a good scene for her though, because that shows which path she's going to. take. Yeah, it shows her restraint. Yeah, whether she's going to go more towards the dark side, like Anakin did, mm. or is she going to, like Luke, did in Jedi not kill. I don't them.
1: know. Do we put Mandalorians in that same, like, good versus evil kind of path spectrum, well, and, like, character yeah, development? You know, the one thing i love Because about- I thought with the Mandalorians, like, most of the time you view them as being more just sticking to honor tradition and you don't really yeah. put them on the same good evil well,
0: nexus. Well, up to this point, we don't know much about them other than um, Boba Fett, who's the bounty hmm. hunter. So
1: yeah, who's kind of just falls in that morally gray, just getting the job done sort of thing.
0: And honestly, in Clone Wars, they're trying to become a passive society under um, um, Satine. Mm. Satine is a pacifist ruler, and that's why that's part of the whole story in the Clone Wars is she's actually doesn't choose a side; she's neutral. Yeah, she's not with the separatists. She's not with the Republic. Mm. She's a pacifist, neutral, and yet she's a Mando. Yeah. you know, you would think.
1: So, essentially, the small transition from used to be Vikings, right? now we're Netherlands.
0: Now we're, yeah, we're a civilized society. Um, so, you know, so, yeah, there's different... If there's a thousand... The other thing, if there's a really a thousand planets in the system, there's going to be some diversity in there oh, somewhere. Yeah.
1: Like, it, there has to be. I mean, you have different planets separating them. Cultures are going to develop differently. It's bound to happen. And as far as the dark side and the light side... I'm still not holding
0: on faith that she's not somewhat Force-sensitive sensitive yeah. in some way, shape, or form. And well, yeah, other, but
1: at the same time, like, and I think in this season alone, you have things like the Bendu that kind of fall weirdly gray, but we don't know why. Well, it, it, that's, that's the thing that that one scene drives me nuts. Oh, Bendu looking at her? Just
0: staring off and looking at her, it makes, Bendu doesn't appear to anybody else or react to anybody else unless they're Force-sensitive, that we know of.
1: Well, I mean, he, you know, he co- talks to the spiders occasionally, but. Okay. Or yeah. about them. Uh, he talks
0: to the spiders, or. Yeah, but I mean, other than that. Yeah,
1: but I mean, that's only in the context of dealing with, like, Canaan or Ezra, so.
0: Yeah, and the other thing that this, especially the last episode, did is it brings back what I originally thought as a kid, in a way, is that anybody can be. Originally, before they brought along the man. That, when we got into the prequels and they brought along midi chlorians and all this shit, which is
1: such a horrible addition to the universe. <laughs> as
0: a child, I always grew up believing, well, as long as you opened yourself up and then you were willing to do yeah. the training, anybody could be a Jedi.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the more fun way of viewing it, isn't right. it? Instead like, because being... then you have that kind of like Knights Code, like anyone can right. kind of work towards right. it. Like, you're a you don't have this like bloodline. Well, shit.
0: yeah, sure. Because you're a squire slash Padawan. Yeah. You know, you're a learner apprentice. And yeah. You work your way up. That's how it used to be until they brought the prequels. Well,
1: yeah, but, I mean, I think by the time we get to um, the uh, film that just came out. Rogue One? Yeah, Rogue One. Like, you do seem to have certain characters that aren't necessarily Force-sensitive, but do open themselves up up to the Force. Force, yeah.
0: Force-faith, almost. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Like, so there does seem to be kind of ways of working around that. So even if you have, like, a low chlorian thing, like... You could still tap into something,
0: right? You could still believe in the force. Yeah, but it, I it.
1: wouldn't assume why that'd be like a set genetic thing. It's like it's such a weird convoluted. I get addition. the idea
0: that some could be more sensitive than others. Yeah. I get that. I, I wish that's where the route they would have taken.
1: Because I mean, right. like, if you're like the closest thing you can put that to bio- biology is um, is like ATP and like you know actual like energy development in cells and things like that, and like. But that's that's not a set number. Like you right. can actually alter like how your body produces energy through work and effort. Right.
0: Well, what they did is they try to they try to apply a science to the force, and that's that's the problem.
1: It's it's, it's fantasy. fantasy. Yeah.
0: And they said it's microscopic, you know, bacteria in your bloodstream. I mean, that's a Star Trek answer. That, yeah. You know that. But um, well, I think
1: with the prequels, you try to do a lot more the goal was something closer to Star Trek than the original fantasy series because you dealt with a lot of, like, political stuff along the lines of, like, trade routes and things like that as well.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. And I
1: think that's just what Lucas wanted to do, and there's nothing wrong with it. It's just...
0: There was nothing wrong with it. It just he took some of the fun out of it with, for me, because up to that point, yeah, yeah, I could could be a Jedi. I just got to do the training, you know? Yeah,
1: like, you transition it more from fantasy... To, to more science fiction Trying to make it, yeah Even though the appeal of it was kind of fantasy Right, exactly
0: yeah. So, uh, so yeah uh, Where were we though before I, I went off on my little little tangent there um,
1: I think we were talking about the duel scene The
0: duel scene uh, Yeah, so I really like that scene You know, they, did, they mimic the Anakin scene Yeah um,
1: You still think she might be force sensitive
0: Yeah, I do in a way yeah. Because they keep doing this stuff And it's just like
1: well, yeah, really? but I think this is an, a show that really likes giving those little false hints things as well. It could
0: be. If it's a red herring, it's a really big red herring. because well, they've mean, done
1: that a little bit, like, before. Because they do that with the owl thing, too, right?
0: Yeah, that's the other thing. There's three owls that show, three of these, whatever they And are, then also one of them convos- is, like, something,
1: something she paints on her, like, armor yeah, itself. Yeah, and it's
0: on their armor. It's just like, okay, um, so... I still think there's a twist yet to be played out
1: but I I we'll, we'll see man like there' there's a lot of places they can go with this and the, clearly they're starting up like an entire story arc for this and it, it could go you know in multiple directions and that's it's
0: interesting you brought that up because the next thing after her mother obviously saved Sabine is they start talking about Saxon's death and how it's going to create a Mandalorian civil war
1: yeah because you destroyed you know the hand of the emperor on a planet nature hates vacuums and there is a power voice
0: so there's going to be a power struggle and i don't know about you but the idea of a mandalorian civil war could be awfully troublesome for the empire especially pre-death star oh yeah as far as a political power well you know at the same time they're like trying to keep power that has
1: to happen right like if you have like an empire that's that huge as the empire's is then yeah, there's yeah. going to be issues that arise on planets, and civil wars are one of those things.
0: Yeah, but this one, this is different because if this is a system of a thousand planets, mm. that's a pretty big space of territory, mm. okay? And that's, I imagine that the empire is collecting resources from that man, territory, from yeah. that territory. And
1: if that's just an entire war zone, then yeah, it right. makes it's, it very it's difficult.
0: Chaos, right? And. If there's one thing I will say about the Sith is they like order. They don't like chaos.
1: It is funny that they'll the create case, chaos
0: there? to get order, but they love order.
1: And that all, is, that all. is the funny thing about the Sith in I'm regard. Sure. Like there you are, wouldn't assume they'd be an ordered people.
0: There are people that will tell you that the Sith do not lie, and to a certain extent, they're right. They just don't tell you the full truth. Is yeah. the difference? If you want to be technical about it,
1: they're they're very fond of the half truths. Yes, like you can make that an argument. Is like they tell what's convenient to be known.
0: Right. In order to gain, but they are all about order and
1: control. Yeah, you don't really have, like, chaotic evil in the Sith. No. Not heavily, anyway.
0: No, I don't think there really is chaotic evil when it comes to the Sith, anyway. Now, if they decide to maybe create just a chaotic evil dark side user, yeah, Mm -hmm. that would be different, but that wouldn't be Sith. Sith are about control and order and, uh... Yeah, I'm
1: just saying, like, it's funny because you do see that, like, in... Like uh, RPG games, you do see that like in some other fantasy series, mm-hmm. but that's not ever like a character type that ever came up in the Star Wars universe that I'm aware of.
0: Yeah. So, the, well, it would be interesting to see, honestly, because we haven't seen it yet. Yeah. We haven't seen a just a, a a chaos dark side user. Yeah. Because if you had a chaos dark side user, not only would the Jedi want to destroy him, but the Sith would too, mm. because he wouldn't. you wouldn't be able to control him. Mm. Now they might try to throw him at the jedi yeah but they wouldn't hmm. you know they wouldn't like him
1: yeah and i mean like the closest we've gotten to that is kind of where they went with maul's storyline but even that's not really the same thing
0: maul was just trying to repeat what Pap- Papal- Palpatine was trying yeah to do that at was the same just time. an alternative yeah, version, version of like this is like plan so like,
1: well yeah you got your empire but i could be running an empire, empire right kind so, of thing right yeah like was, i could be do that way better than you and that's
0: why you know uncle poppy shows up and there's decides to duel and yeah. take him out, you know. He's like, you become a rival. Yeah. You
1: know. Which is actually kind of a cool statement in its own way, isn't it? It's very cool. That, that like, whole, when you have, like, the empire, Emperor himself being like, oh, okay, you're clearly going to be a threat to me. I will. I need to take you down.
0: There'll be times I'll start thinking about that scene, and I will bring it up on
1: Netflix or YouTube just
0: to watch it again. Yeah. Because it's a really cool duel scene, number one. Oh, yeah, it is. It's the, it's the first and only time you see Sith versus Sith, mm. really, you know, in a duel. So... It's a very cool dynamic and how he – the whole scene is just cool. Yeah. From the minute that Palpatine arrives on the planet, it's cool because they've got two Mando guards just standing there. He just gets off the ship and literally lifts his hand and they yeah. and choke to death and he takes off. That's just how badass he is.
1: Oh, yeah. It's also funny because you look at Palpatine's fighting style and that, and it's very much – it is kind of Dark Magician. Yes. And it's... <laughs> like, the evil space emperor is kind of, like, what works for him. Because he uses, like, the actual force abilities way more than he does, like, the actual lightsaber
0: Yeah, he does. And it's, it's weird because even in that whole duel, and I don't want to get on too much of a tangent, but when he gets force pushed out, he literally takes the force and pushes, takes him, them with him. Yeah. He gets... He gets forced pushed off a balcony and goes, "Okay, you're coming with me." Yeah, <laughs> it's like holy shit. While he's falling, oh, yeah. Like, yeah, okay, fine. Here, yeah, <laughs> you're coming with me. Uh, yeah. So, it, it, for our listeners out there, if you haven't seen that whole, my God, are you missing some? You're missing a gem. Just
1: oh yeah, like the Clone YouTube, Wars.
0: It's 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 on YouTube.
1: The Clone Wars had a lot of good fight scenes, and yeah. that's actually true for both versions. Like you have. Like the more traditionally animated one that was uh by the same dude that did Samurai Jack that had some really good fight scenes. Yeah, even the micro series was a, there's uh Anakin versus Ventress, which is in the micro
0: series, which mm. is pretty damn good. Yeah. You know. And
1: I mean you also had some um with the oh I can't think of his name, the uh robot guy, the general Oh yeah,
0: General Grievous. Yeah.
1: Yeah. General Grievous had some pretty good fight scenes in that as yeah.
0: well. There's one with uh Mace Windu too where Mace is just phenomenal with yeah. his power you really get to see mace's force abilities it's yeah. crazy um but anyway so uh but yeah getting back to the the whole mando civil war and the idea of it this is this and i'm skipping ahead a little bit but i think it's the best time to talk about it it's um it's such a big arc yeah it's such a big story to tell mm. i don't see how they can do it on rebels
1: it depends on how big a civil war and, we're talking about. With well, those.
0: unless you want to put the rebels in the civil war itself, mm-hmm. which I don't think they're going to do. I think there is a chance, and right now I'd say there's fifty fifty because they keep talking about a new.
1: Yeah, they've been talking Star about, Wars animated series. They've been talking about that for the last year, and that's one of the reasons. Um, what's his name isn't technically the director for this Dave show anymore. Filoni. Yeah, and. Like, Filoni's technically been off for, like, the season. Like, he's still technically, like, a producer, he but he's still, not directing every episode. He does
0: some episodes. He does some of the animation for some of the. He did the animation for the these two episodes, I think. Mm. He helped with that. He helped direct this. These mm. he was involved in.
1: But he stepped down a lot from oh, yeah. what he has in the last and couple
0: years. And I think years. the series, I think that's why we had a lot of spinoff episodes this year, or mm. standalone, or um, filler, yeah. as we like to say, or semi filler, even. Um... Because uh, you can kind of tell that it's somebody else running the show in, in some cases. Mm-hmm. Um, but that being said, I think there's a reason for that. I think we've heard we've heard that uh, Floney say himself that he's got it all mapped out on his head. Mm-hmm. Like Mando culture. Yeah. And I think if you do that, you're going to want to use that. Yeah. If you're going to put that much time and effort into something.
1: Mm. So, Well, I mean, it's not like it wouldn't pop back in, especially for like episodes like this, but...
0: And don't get me wrong, I think they could do a pop-in, pop-out kind of thing. They could be like, oh, well... Where we're, you're
1: kind of doing dual storylines. Right, well... The only we'll issue with over. that is, like, you're only doing 20-minute episodes. And right. if you're doing dual storylines in a 20-minute episode, you're kind of jumping back a lot.
0: And if he's got all this mapped out, if there's over a thousand planets in the system, mm-hmm. and it's a civil war going on why wouldn't you do a spinoff series?
1: Yeah, especially if it's been financially successful.
0: Precisely. And Rebels remain, it doesn't, the funny thing is they always say, well, Rebels doesn't get as high of ratings as Clone Wars. Well, number one, it's on Disney XD and not everybody has Disney XD. Yeah. Star Wars, Clone Wars was on Cartoon Network. Network. Everybody has Cartoon Network. If you have basic cable, you probably got Cartoon Network. Yeah. Um, so taking that... Well, Rebels, then you sorry.
1: also have shifting demographics of TV viewership as well. And that's definitely a big part of it. Right.
0: All that aside, it is still the high, one of the, if not the highest rated show on Disney XD.
1: I really wouldn't know, to be honest. Well, it, like- it is. What would be the second?
0: I think uh, one of the Avengers series, is it Avengers. I have to yeah, go I back. Think and they look. Have I have to go back and look it up.
1: They have uh, Avengers and like Spider Man on that. They got
0: Spider Man. I think's up there too. Yeah. But um, anyway, and grant, yeah, it's a kids show, but they've got adults that are tuning into this. No, I
1: mean, so the funny thing is, even going back to the early '90s, there was a couple Disney cartoons that probably allowed for adult viewership, like Gargoyles was fantastic about that
0: that was a good series um you probably didn't have a lot of adult viewership for that back then but maybe a few
1: i think looking back on it now i think it really allowed for like longer storylines than you know the time usually allowed for yeah like so i think it it had the potential for it yeah so
0: all this taken in consideration i'm gonna at least say there is and i am speculating once again i have no proof whatsoever but they have not announced a Rebels season four, even though they've recorded season four. Mm. I know we're getting a season four, so I would not be surprised if they are holding off the announcement for Rebels season four because of one or two things. Because you've got Star Wars Celebration coming up, yeah, and I think that's when they're going to announce not only maybe maybe Rebels will end in season four, maybe I think it's to be season five. Hmm. But I could be wrong. They may decide that they're only gonna do one more season. Yeah. But I think they're gonna announce this. Well, I mean, we've already s-
1: kind of established we're about what, like two years away from Rogue. Rogue one?
0: one at this point, maybe yeah. a year and a half almost. Yeah. So but I think they're either going to do two things. They're gonna they're gonna announce a new animated series. Yeah. For no matter They've what. they have been
1: rumoring it for long enough that I would assume they're they gonna hear either this year or next.
0: I would be highly surprised if they do not announce it. I think absolutely we're gonna find out what the new series is. Mm. Uh, number one. Uh, number two, they may also announce that uh, that Rebels is ending after Season 4. I mm. could be wrong. It, Possibly. I hope I am. I, I prefer they keep going with Rebels forever. Yeah. Um, but that being said, so I think, uh, yeah, so I think there's a... Everybody seems to think that they're going to do the next anime series is going to take place between Jedi and Force Awakens, which it could be. Yeah. So that's the other 50%. But my 50% that I'm... I gonna,
1: wouldn't be against that either, and I think... There'd be an argument for that since you're wanting to kind of increase viewership for like episode seven and eight. Mm. So moving it jump forward in time might not be a horrible plan. No, I don't think it would be but a it horrible It does kind of force you to reintroduce new characters and go through kind of the whole setup of yeah. how you want it to work again.
0: And I don't think, I don't think it'd be a horrible idea and I think it could still happen, but star Wars is in very high demand. Mm. Uh, ABC wants one. Yeah. Netflix is in talks. They want a show. So I can definitely see in, if all these people want shows, I could definitely see them. It allows for multiple things. They, I could happening. definitely see them going to Dave Filoni and asking, Do you have an idea for a spin off series? Mm. Do you have something that you want to do? Yeah. Yes, we still want to do a Force Awakens, Jedi Force Awakens series, but mm. do you have something else? I think it's this. Yeah. You know, I think they could definitely do a whole Mando Civil War
1: series. Would you want to call it Mando Civil War?
0: Mandalorian Civil War?
1: Why not? Would that just be the entire thing? It would just be Mando War?
0: Maybe Mando the Mando Wars the Mandalorian. Yeah. I don't know Mandalorian Civil War. I don't okay. know. It would be cool. Oh, because... I'm just
1: curious if you had like a title in mind, like for like if you'd like no, to see not that really. show. I
0: haven't got that far with it, but it would be cool because you would have it would be a war within a war. Mm. So you've got the rebellion versus the empire.
1: Is the civil war taking place inside of the entire? Well, at the same time, the at the same time the empire rebels and the empire are
0: fighting each other. You have these. You have the Mando Mandalorian Civil War happening mm. at the same time, and if you got that going on, and the empire has got its attention split, and it's after its Death Star is gone, yeah, they're in real shit. They're in real trouble.
1: Yeah, so it could be cool. yeah, it could be very very cool. Well, I mean, that's the fun thing with the Star Wars universe is like. If you don't want to keep doing the same style of show, there are lots of alternatives you can do because it's a big universe. Oh, yeah. And if you're, you know, you have an idea of what you want to take out of the, you know, EU or extended universe, there's lots of really cool things you can kind of pick out to build on.
0: Well, they could even take elements of uh, uh, what was originally the, um, I think, Most of it is going in the new Han Solo standalone movie, but there was the Star Wars Underground series that they wrote 100 episodes worth of material
1: for. Yeah, or, I mean, you could do something like Knights of the Old Republic.
0: Yeah, Knights would be – I would love to see Knights of the Old Republic. I Mm. think that's perfect for Netflix, Um, but we'll see. But nevertheless, so that's my idea. I think – there's my latest fan theory for you, that we're okay. going to get a spinoff series. So
1: the, the other fan theory kind of died down, so you went ahead and I built popped. a new one. Oh, okay. Uh, but I'm still I've, hoping. All right, so so do you have a fan theory on Sabine's father? Like, do you think that's a more well-known character as well? Or do you think that's just going to be like, he was some dude, and he got captured? I don't know. It's. <laughs> I will
0: say this. Other than the eye color, Sabine doesn't look anything like her mother, if you ask me. There's no oh. similarity there. No. I mean,
1: the facial structure is a little different. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, everything—it's not, not horribly off.
0: Every, everybody, everything is different. If you ask me, um, not great. Well, I mean,
1: it's not like she's a carbon copy now.
0: She's no carbon copy. So that's why I'm still holding out hope that she's adopted or mm. something like along those lines. <laughs> So
1: okay. Well, if she could just take after her old man. That could be the possibility. It could be. We'll find out. Yeah. You know. So
0: I'm still hoping, but um, yeah. Okay, so let's finish up the episode. Uh, last scene, we get the Sabine's farewell.
1: Well, that and you also have the whole Sabine's going to be a kingmaker thing, or she <laughs> wants to find someone to rule to in her rule place. Mandalore, right. So, do you have a theory on where that goes?
0: Who, who she's going to pick?
1: Yeah. It's like, do you uh, think that's going to be a character we haven't seen before?
0: No, unless they try to introduce somebody heroic or something. Right now, it's I'd put... Seventy-five percent her brother right now, mm. and twenty-five percent Rao, But that's Finn Rao's kind of a distant. It's That'd be a, kind a, of a weird. That pick. that would be a horrible pick. I yeah, think. I think so too. So um, yeah, right now I've only based on who we know. Okay, I'd say seventy-five percent Tristan at this point.
1: Okay, fair Just enough. Because
0: he's he like a pretty capable warrior. Yeah, got a good head on his shoulders. Mm. Um, however, so um so we already talked about the spin-off um i did find it funny though at the end she gave Kanan a big hug and ezra didn't even get one so he's been hunting after this girl i really don't see that in this and he still i don't think
1: i think that's your interpretation of it man like i'm telling you i don't think there's like a big romance thing they're really pushing here like Uh, if anything else like these are characters that might not see each other for a couple years.
0: I know you think, hey, you've been through war hey, give Ezra a hug. Nope. Doesn't get anything. Get nothing. I'm like, man, that's just cold. It's I I cold. don't know,
1: man. Like it's it's friends. She probably's like, Hey, have a good one, man. Have a good trip. <laughs> like I don't I don't think there's a romantic thing there like you're projecting it.
0: I don't know. We'll see. All right, well, we're well over an hour now. I think we have dissected the heck out of this thing. So let's just get right to down to Final Thoughts and Grades. All right, um, I'll start off. I'll give you my Final Thought and grade. I love this episode. A lot of Mandalorian, uh, even though it did a little bit slow at points, but there was a lot of family drama. We learned a lot about Sabine's family, a lot about... Uh, what we could potentially happen in the future um, a little bit more about Mandalorian culture even uh, I love the idea of a Game of Thrones in Star Wars so I, I give this thing uh, overall a uh, I'll give it an, a solid a uh, I won't say a plus but I'll definitely give it a solid a
1: uh, Aaron uh, for me I think it'd be a B plus I mean it is a little slow in the beginning but all the reasons for it are pretty justifiable you are introducing new characters backstory uh, more cultural elements um, So pretty much everything that makes the first half of the episode slow is there for a narrative point, so it really is understandable. Um, And I think it kind of picks up in the second half. You definitely have that, you know, really great duel towards the end. It has a lot of interesting elements. And I think it's a solid episode. No, it's definitely, yeah,
0: I couldn't agree with you more. It's definitely solid, All, all the way through, even. Okay, so where can you find Four Midwest Guys? Well, dun, 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 we have created our, our very own website for midwestguys.com. The number 4 midwestguys.com. On there you can find all of our podcasts, you can comment on our podcasts, you can there are links to Facebook, Twitter, Podbean, YouTube, Uh, especially iTunes is on there as well. All those links are on there so you know where to go, where you can follow us. All that is all available on the website. There's even a nice little personal video message from me saying, hey, thanks for stopping by. As well, at the top of the page, everything is categorized. So all of our Rebel shows are categorized. All of our Marvel DC Kings are categorized. For, meaning if you click those links, you're going to get nothing but those podcasts on one page.
1: Mm-hmm. We also have like links to share and comment and things like yes, that Yes, there well, are right? a
0: place you can share, you can comment. Uh, there's all, you, there's a contact us, it's literally just a little form page comes up. You put in your return email address, you type in a little message to us, we get it and we will respond to you. So definitely there's plenty of ways to reach out to us now. It's very simple. One Stop Shop, number four, MidwestGuys.com so uh, make sure you get on there and check us out. It's uh, brand new. Just came up uh, last week. So uh, get out there and check us out and uh, follow us. Uh, Aaron, want to thank you for joining us.
1: Yep, no problem.
0: Absolutely. And for B-Willy, saying, may the Force be with you always.